Hey friends, welcome to Faith Coffee and a Kid Podcast. This is your host, Cherie, and it is Friday. It's a beautiful day here, a little chilly, but I, for one, am so glad that the sun is out. So what's been going on? Well, I turned 50, which is like hard for me to even believe that I'm a 50-year-old, but again, it's a blessing to get older, and so I am embracing it. Um... I've been kind of changing up the way I eat and the way I exercise. And honestly, I'm feeling pretty good. Um, But, you know, being 50 comes with, I think, a lot of nostalgia, right? And um, you kind of start rummaging through your past and you, you know, especially I went home because it was my mom's birthday on Sunday. And so I was like going through all these old photo albums and, you know, just thinking about life. And um, I feel like we have all these little lifetimes that we can go back and look on and learn lessons from. And it makes me think a lot about my faith walk. And, you know, I kind of feel like sometimes, um, you know, we have those seasons in life when we are just on fire for the Lord and we are ready to do His will and we are eager to do His will and we are willing, right? And not willful and rebellious. Um, And I think I have definitely been in a place where just because of, I think, a lot going on in my life with my family and their health issues and, um, you know, having a teenager where there have been days where I'm like, I don't know, I just feel a little tired, right? Like I feel spiritually tired and Listen, the enemy wants to make you feel hopeless, and I'm not going to lie. I've definitely have gone down that road. Um, So I think it's always good to look back and see what God has done for us, and that is such an amazing way to ignite that fire, right? To remember God's goodness. And so today, I want to share with you my faith walk, my testimony of how I came to Christ. And this is a little personal, and you're going to hear some things that may or may not shock you, but um, I thought that it was important because I think that there is power in our testimony, there's power in our past um, when we use it to um, share our experiences because other people may be going through them. And I wanted to do that today. It's been on my heart, so I thought that what a perfect... Um, way to kind of kick off the weekend and um, kick off, you know, the beginning of a next new week is to talk about my testimony and for me to actually remember where I have been. You know, one of my favorite songs is a song called Remind Me, Dear Lord. And I love this song. It's actually like an older hymn, I believe. But the words to me are just so striking And I'm just going to read that really quick before I start talking about my journey. So remind me, dear Lord, starts out, the things that I love, I hold dear to my heart are just borrowed and they're not mine at all. Jesus, only let me use them to brighten my life. So remind me, remind me, dear Lord, roll back the curtain of memory now and then Show me where you brought me from and where I could have been. Just remember I'm human and humans forget. So remind me, remind me, dear Lord. 
Nothing good have I done to deserve God's own son. I'm not worthy of the scars in his hands. Yet he chose the road to Calvary Calvary, to die in my stead. Why he loved me, I can't understand. Roll back the curtain of memory now and then. Show me where you brought me from and where I could have been. Just remember I'm human and humans forget. So remind me, remind me, dear Lord. I This song, and I think it brings back a lot of memories of me being in church with my grandma. So maybe that's why it kind of strikes a chord. But it strikes a chord too because it really resonates with me. You know, like when I roll back the curtain and and remember what the Lord has done and where he's brought me from, um, it's just, it's so humbling. It's so humbling that I'm, I'm overwhelmed. Um, and when that lyric, nothing good have I done to deserve God's own son, I'm not worthy of the scars in his hands. I mean, Wow. Just think about how, you know, we're not worthy, right? But the Lord loves us anyway. He loves us as we are, as the sinners that we are, that um, all the crazy things that we may have done in our lives, the Lord still loves us. Okay. So here's my story, guys. Um, So we will go back to the beginning. I was born to my mom, Diane, and Diane was only a 15-year-old when she had me, okay? So I was born in 1972. And and to add on that, my mom is white, my father is black. So my mom was a white young girl in 1972 having a baby to a black man. (laughs) Um, And I'll just say this, as a single parent, um, I have so much respect for my mom Um, you know, raising a child at the age of 15, turning 16, back in 1972, um, you know, being that young. And a little bit about my parent, my grandparents. So my grandmother, her name was Eva, and my grandmother was a Christian. She, I call her my Christian soldier, because my grandmother was a, loved the Lord. She, um, beautiful person, beautiful spirit, kind, courageous though, but humble and just, you know, really was and is still, I think, the backbone of our family. Um, She left a beautiful, beautiful spiritual legacy. And so I think that is one of the reasons that my mother was the parent that she was to me, even at that young age, because of who my grandmother, who my grandmother was to her as a mother and as a Christian mom. Now, my grandfather, his name was Earl. I loved my pap, and he and I were fast friends. Um, He's my best, my best friend when I was growing up, and he was lots of fun. He liked to play his guitar. He uh, worked hard for his family, and he was not a Christian. So my grandmother was a Christian. He was not a Christian, and I'll kind of get into that story as well. Um, but he never, you know, interfered with my grandmother going to church or anything like that. Um, but he was not a Christian. So my mom has me and my biological father pretty much was in and out of the picture, I would say, 
as far as being there for me, right? Like he, I knew who he was, obviously. I knew his family, um, but he was not a father to me. And so growing up, I did not go to church so much with my mom at that time, but I did go with my grandmother. And some of my earliest memories, I would say, of God and of learning about the Bible was sitting in bed with my grandma and she had this Bible called, I want to say it's Herbert's Bible. I Okay, well, I have it now, but it was this big Bible and in the back there were questions and answers, right? So she would read to me, And then at the back of the Bible, there was this section that, you know, she would ask me questions um, like, you know, what did Noah build? You know, and I would answer her. And I absolutely loved doing that. And I remember the pictures in the Bible and they were like glossy. And I remember going to church with her when I was really young, the first church that she went to in her town called Glassport. And I can still remember, you know, the smell of the pews. And then she started going to my uncle's church. So I have an uncle who passed away. His name was Rocco, and he was a wonderful, wonderful minister. He started a church, and when he started, I used to go with my grandmother and her son and his wife, and we would go Sunday, some, well, I would go with them Sunday sometimes, but mainly on Wednesday nights, because I believe my mom was working. And I loved, and to this day, I still love Wednesday night Bible study. Like, I can see us all sitting downstairs. There was two levels, and we would sit downstairs, and all the kids would be kind of like in this little spot on the floor, and the parents would be there, and I could remember them like taking notes, and I would be sitting there kind of playing quietly, you know, but listening, and it was just some of my best memories really was some of my very best memories. And we would have like times where we could, um, you know, like Christmas and Easter things going on and church picnics. And then I also remember one time like like memorizing um, the commandments and being able to say them in the front of the church. And I was really proud of that. Um, And so that was kind of my experience with going to church. And so my mom was not a Christian yet. Um, But like I said, the other thing is my grandmother was really a good, you know, when you think of like the Titus woman, right? And how the older woman is supposed to teach the younger woman. And just like the woman's role, um, my grandmother embodied that so very well. You know, like she wasn't pushy, um, but she was so encouraging. And you knew that she was a woman of God. And like, I remember when I would be at her house, like I could see myself now like laying on the floor watching TV, but she was in the kitchen and I could see the kitchen from the living room and she would be there with her Bible open and she would write, be writing notes. And so one of the things that she and her brother did was they would exchange letters. So they would like have a Bible study Um, or study certain scriptures and then kind of write about it, right? Like kind of a, like a journal to each other and they would comment back and forth. And I have, it's one of my prized possessions. I have all of those letters and it's tons, it's tons of these letters, right? That my grandmother would write. 
and my uncle would like comment on. And so I remember seeing her do that. And I remember her praying all the time. And when I went to, you know, high school and and college, like she always would um, send me little notes and send these little like devotional books, you know? And so like my grandmother was always um, that person who I knew as a Christian, right? And so when I did go to church with her, and although, like I said, I wasn't going every Sunday, but when I did go with her, and I spent so much time with my grandmother too, like I really did. Um, and you don't know. And you know what? I will say this. Take your kids to church, even if they're fidgeting, even if they don't want to go. That foundation, if it is a, you know, if the if that church and the minister, the, the sermons, if they're speaking the truth and the word of God, those seeds are planted. Those seeds are planted and it does lay a foundation. And even though I did not commit my life to Christ when I was in high school or in college, those seeds were laid. And so there was something there that I knew, you know, um, I knew of God, right? Like I, I knew because I had seen it by example. Um, so fast forward in my life a bit, my mom ends up meeting who I who is my dad, okay, and who I absolutely love. And he and my mom got married and um, my brother came, right? So my brother came when I was like 14 years old. So I kind of finish out high school and then I go to college. And I was pretty calm in high school. I mean, I had a boyfriend. I wasn't really like out there, you know. College came, however, and that was like, Woof! Like I was, you know, free and I had these ideas of what freedom meant. And I just wanted to experience everything, right? Like I wanted to, I, I really adopted a modern outlook of the world and a secular outlook of the world. Um, I wanted to go out to parties. I wanted to go to bars. I wanted to drink. I wanted to, um, I'll just say it, I had premarital sex. I was like, you know, it was, and, and I'm going to tell you this. I don't know. There were definitely times where though I knew, like I knew in my knower, if you guys know what I'm talking about, like that was not the way to live. Um, and to be honest, it never made me feel really good. Okay. So Part of that hunt, you know, that search for freedom and filling those voids, like I always felt like something was missing or like, you know, I had to go after it. And really what that was, was a spiritual void. And I was filling it with things that were not um, lasting, right? I was drinking that water from the well instead of drinking that water from Jesus. And um so I was always thirsty. I'll put it that way. I was always thirsty. And, you know, I was wild. Okay. Like I, I enjoyed, you know, going out and doing my thing. And I would go to church, like when I came home for, you know, holidays. And my grandmother always, always wrote me though. Like she always wrote me. We always talked to each other you know, and she would just be like, God bless you, you know, pray. And like, she was just very, um, 
she never, and I'm sure she knew, she knew probably what I was doing in some levels, um, but she never like gave up on me. She never ostracized me. She never made me feel bad. She was just my grandma who loved me. And my mom was too. I don't want to like leave my mom out of it. But my mom ended up becoming a Christian later in life when I was actually, I believe, in college or just hitting college. And so I saw a total change in her life, right? And what that meant. And it was beautiful because then her and my grandmother were in church together. And, you know, they weren't only mother and daughter, they were sisters in Christ. And seeing that bond was really, really special. Um, And so it gets even deeper because my grandfather ends up one day taking my grandmother to church and he decides to go in. He decides to go in and it changed his life. He became baptized. He became a member of the church. He became a deacon and then he became a minister. So as this is happening and I'm in college, like I am seeing the effects of God, right? I'm seeing the effects too of what a godly woman can do by her influence, not even doing much, right? But just being that example. My grandmother never pressured my grandfather to go to church. She never did that, but she prayed for him. She prayed for him and he eventually, you know, God led him there. And what's really interesting, so there were some things that happened in my life between this time was my grandfather got sick um, right after, I would say a couple years after he became a minister, he became sick and he got bone cancer. And it was a really, really difficult time for my family. It was really difficult for me seeing my grandfather pass away. Uh, My brother was eight at the time. It was traumatic for him. They were very close. And I was, um, I was devastated, you know, and I think I definitely drank some of that away. Um, I was never an alcoholic by any means, I don't think, but I definitely, you know, I definitely put a bandaid on life, uh, when it was giving me lemons through alcohol and partying and hanging out, you know, and not such good relationships. And there was a period of time, though, um, that a friend of mine, we we went to church and we were going to this church in Monroeville, PA. And it was like, I knew, (laughs) and the enemy is uh, a schemester boy. So I, I go to church and I could feel myself Like I knew that the Lord was working on me and that church. I I knew that. And there was one day that I didn't want to go in. I didn't want to go in. Like, because I knew that if I went in, it was going to probably change my life. And I, to be honest with you, I wasn't ready to change my life. I wasn't ready to have what in my mind I thought was a Christian lifestyle. But before, and I I don't think I ended up going in, Um, but before that, before that, there was a woman who came over to me after church one day and she said, I, you know, I just have to tell you this, that I know that like you're God's child, that you, and that you um, may not know it now, but he has these plans for you. And I just, she said, I kept seeing this like gold around you. And it was kind of, uh, um, odd to me, but interesting enough, like I knew, 
I knew what she was saying. And so there was a time where I think I was really close to giving my life to Christ. And I didn't. I didn't. Um, And it would be many years later. So I started kind of moving around. And that's part of that void, right? Like I thought going to a different geographic location would change how I was feeling inside. And so I moved to California. And then I moved to DC. Then I moved back to California. Then I moved to DC. Um, And I traveled. Oh, and I lived in New Orleans. So I, I went around to all these different places Um, you know, did little trips with my friends to Mexico and Vegas. And um, I went to London and Canada. I mean, I I had some really, really good times. And when I lived in California, I remember looking for a church and I couldn't find one. I couldn't, it's not that, I mean, there are churches in California, guys. I'm not saying that, but I couldn't find one where I felt comfortable, right? And the other thing was, even though I wasn't going to church like on a daily basis, I there was a part of me that knew the word when I heard it, right? And I wasn't hearing it. I wasn't hearing it. And I knew that. So I really was unable to connect um, in California. But I do believe at that time, God was trying to plant some seeds in my heart. So my grandmother and well my grandmother and my family had come out to visit and I had remembered seeing her and noticing a difference right and this was at the beginning of she got Alzheimer's and so I started to see this decline and I knew that it was time to come back and I remember my mom was like why are you coming back like everything's okay everything's okay and I I didn't know why, but I felt the need that it was time to come back. And I knew I wasn't probably going to live in Pittsburgh, but I knew I had to at least be on the East Coast. So I moved to D.C. Now, honestly, uh, D.C. was going to be a pit stop. Like I wanted to be closer to my family, but I thought like once I knew that everything was kind of okay that I would travel overseas. And I thought, oh, you know what? And now I'm going to live overseas for a while. And so I came back to DC and kind of fell into the same habits, right? Of like, nothing really changed. Like I was going out, drinking, partying, having what I thought was fun, you know, being all about, oh, you know, my freedom. Like I just really like, I don't know. I was stuck on that. I was stuck on this freedom thing, you know? But what's interesting is as much as I thought I would, like I was free, I really wasn't. Like I really was in these like chains of sin. And that's the crazy thing about sin, right? Like it tricks you into thinking that it's so good. Like there's so much freedom in it. There's so much like, you know, but it's not. It's not. All it does is really make you feel worse. And you're actually more tied up in sin. Like sin ties you in knots, right? Because it keeps you kind of like wandering in that desert. Like sin is like those mirages, right? Like where you're like in those hallucinations of what you know, all that water is there. You know what I mean? Like you're so thirsty, but there's that water and you're going towards it. But really it's fake. It's all fake. And so I came back 
and I was staying with a friend and I met this guy. And um, at first, you know, I mean, he, I, he was cool. We were just like talking. He was fun to talk to. And I liked him. Um, before this, I had been dating somebody else, almost was engaged to them. Actually, I was. I almost married them. Listen, life has been, uh, I had some really crazy times, but I didn't. And I, I'm glad that I made that decision not to marry this person, other person. And then basically me and this guy that I met, like started dating and I got pregnant. And um, wow, talk about <laughs> a stunt. Like I, I was just stunned. I was stunned. And I, you know, at this point I'm in my 30s. I think I was 32 or 33. But I knew this. I knew that I wanted to have my baby, right? And the person I was with, I loved him. And I thought that we could build a family together. And I'll keep it at that. And as you know, it obviously did not work out. Um, But that's kind of where this journey with Christ for me, I think, really uh, started to take off. So I have my beautiful daughter and, you know, God is so good. My grandmother was still around. And so she got to meet my daughter and spend time with her. And um, yeah, it was good. It was good. And so during this time, my grandmother, though, was obviously getting worse. And she ended up passing away, which was heartbreaking to me. Heartbreaking. Um, I don't think I've had a bigger heartbreak in my life than my grandmother passing away because it was like a piece of me just died, you know? And I will say this, when I went home to see her, um, it was right before Christmas. So she passed away on December 26th. I got home on December 23rd. And we pretty much thought she wasn't going to make it until Christmas, but she did. She did. And, you know, I remember sitting there just like talking to her, but she was really unresponsive at that time. But like, it was such a blessing and a privilege to just sit next to her and, you know, to have my daughter there. And it was so interesting because my my daughter at the time was like two-ish, I think, and we're sitting there and all of a sudden it was so quiet and my daughter looked up and she was like, Pop up Earl. And we all looked at her and we're like, what? Um, and I don't know, but she has said that as clear as day. And and part of me knew that there was peace and, you know, I, I knew that there was peace in this passing. Um, when she passed away, this was the time where like my mom was there and I was there. And I remember it just being so still and so quiet. Um, And it really gave me a lot of peace when I think about leaving this earth. But what I did know is that my grandmother, the last words on my grandmother's lips were God bless. And if that doesn't say the person she was, you know, and so I was terribly sad, but I did know that my grandmother was ready to see her savior. You know, I I knew that. And so um, my own life at that point, I came back to D.C. I was living here. Um, I had broken up with my daughter's father 
And it was an incredible mess. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it was rough. It was rough. It was a really difficult time. Um, there was, you know, anytime you break up with somebody and, you know, or you separate from someone or divorce and you have a child together, there's so many emotions that go on there. And there, it, it's just a very, very hard time. And then throw on top of that, like you're not near your family. The friends that I had weren't around anymore. And some friends just weren't friends anymore. It's interesting you know, when you are not living a lifestyle that other people, you know, can't relate, or if you're living a lifestyle that other people can't relate to anymore, sometimes those friends you thought, you know, that you had so much fun partying with, they're not so good in the real life stuff, right? And so I felt very lonely. And I had my grandmother's Bible, and it was on my living room table. And I remember, like, Anya, my daughter was with her dad that weekend, or he had taken her for like a couple hours or something. And I just was crying and crying and crying and crying. And something just said, you know, pick up your grandma's Bible. And I just picked it up and I started reading it. And I felt, I felt like a homecoming. Do you know, like I knew that this is, where I need to be right now. Like God was calling me. Um, you know, I was a prodigal in many, many ways. And so he was calling me and I knew it. I knew it. And my life changed from that moment. And I knew that I wanted to bring my daughter up in a way that she had that church, that, that foundation that comes from, you know, knowing the word and prayer and, being in fellowship with other church members. And I wanted her to have that safe space. And so from that moment, I decided to look for a church. Now, again, I wasn't baptized yet or anything. Um, so I started looking for a church and we went to a few different ones. And then I found the church that I go to now in Silver Spring and in Silver Spring, Maryland. And I started going there and I went every single Sunday. I went every Wednesday and I had my daughter immersed in it. And I remember knowing that my life was about to change and I was open to it, right? I was open to it. And it's crazy because in the most difficult time in my life, right? Going through my grandmother's death, not really having friends around me. My family's not, you know, they're four hours away. I'm a new mom. I didn't know what I was doing half the time. Um, and it was like, oh, and then there was court, right? Like all these different things. But out of all those like chaotic things that were happening, the circumstances, all of that, I had this indescribable peace and joy in my heart. And finally, I knew what my grandmother was feeling, what my mother was feeling, what my grandfather was feeling, what my uncles were feeling. I finally understood what real freedom was because I, excuse me, I finally found out what real freedom was because I finally um, understood that freedom doesn't come in the world. It does not come from the world. It comes through Christ. 
And so um, I was, you know, I continued to go to church. This was like probably 2000, I don't know, maybe 2010, 2000. Yeah, like 2009, 10, 11. Um, we had a ladies inspiration day. And I remember sitting there being so inspired by the woman who was speaking. And I knew that I was, I was ready to be baptized. And so I had gone to church, I think, you know, a week later or something. And I had talked to the minister and I said, listen, I want to be baptized. And my mom came down and my daughter knew she was so excited and I got baptized in September. And I was just, I will never forget coming out of those waters. I felt like I literally was born again. And I was, I was, I was born again. Everything, all the sin that I had partaked in, part, had partaken in had just felt like it fell off of me. Like it just washed away. And God had just, I mean, he just revived me. Like he, I just felt like a brand new person. And it was the best day of my life. It was the best day of my life. Um, and then, you know, I think from there forward, it's so interesting because God shows you, you know, if you open your heart to him, if you accept him, if you surrender to him, he will do beyond what you ever imagined right? Like I look at my life now and I am not perfect by any means. And I have so far to go, like so very far to go. But I, when I roll back that curtain and I see all of the things that I did, um, that I believed who I was as a person, even I am a totally different person. And I thank God for that. You know, I thank God for that. I'm a totally, um, my views are different. My interests are different. You know, like it's so funny because I kind of dabbled in like poetry writing type of, yeah, sometimes. But all of a sudden I had this new interest in like writing, right? Um, I started listening to different things. When podcasts started becoming, I guess, kind of popular, I started, and you guys have heard me talk about Donna Otto. Listen, Donna Otto from Modern Homemakers, previously known as Homemakers by Choice, she was really a catalyst. And I think that I started listening to her and really listening because she reminded me of my grandmother, right? Because my grandmother was a homemaker. Um, but she has so much wisdom, right? And sometimes we really look at homemakers and we, we just act like they have no value except, you know, oh, they're just homemakers. No, homemakers are amazing, okay? Like that is your house, your home that you create is, your, is the first sanctuary for your kids. It's like the first church for your kids, right? So much important things go on in the home. And I saw that from my grandmother. And I remember asking her, grandma, you know, did you ever want to be anything else? And she was like, yeah, I'm, I'm a homemaker. And I was like, yeah, grandma, but she said, I'm a housewife. And I said, yeah, but what else? And she's like, no, this is what I am. And it used to kind of bother me a little bit, right? Because I'm like, oh, you know, you're not living up to your full potential as a woman. And, and little did I know, little did I know that when I had my daughter, that's almost really what I wanted to be. Like I wanted to be home with her. 
I wanted to be a homemaker. <laughs> and so I started listening to this woman and then, you know, Donna Otto, and I, I started to think about our home and how I, how I wanted to create it and how I wanted Christ to be the center of that. And then the ball just started rolling. You know, the ball started rolling. I, um, I wanted to be an at-home mom. So I kept praying. Matter of fact, I have a journal that I put like these prayers in. And one of them was one, to be a, a stay-at-home mom. Um, the other was we were living in an apartment and then a townhouse, but I wanted to live in like an actual, you know, like a house with a yard. Um, yeah, I wanted to travel. I mean, there were like these different things. And I look back now and all of those things God gave me, God blessed us with, you know, and God is amazing guys. He really is. And then I started writing and I had, a blog for single Christian moms. And then that rolled into me writing in a book about my mom and my grandmother and that journey as a, a teen mom and a single mom, right? And it's so funny, you know, when I think about it, my mom really, you know, she could have just given me up for adoption. And actually, when they were in the doctor's office, he gave her papers for her to sign me over for adoption because she was so young. And my grandmother said, Diane, you know, this is your baby. You know, God will bless you, but you do what you want to do. And my mom kept me, you know, and I think about all those things. And anyway, I wrote about that and that was published in a book. And then I started working with single moms and started doing the, um, I did the online conference and now I have Faith Coffee and a kid, and I was a mom mentor. Like all of these things started happening, and I know that they started happening because I said the biggest, most important yes, and that was yes to accepting Christ in my life. And like I said, I have, you know, I, I obviously we are sinners, right? I still sin all the time, but I know that God is my savior, that he loves me, and that whenever I'm down and out, I really, you know, this does my heart so much good to think about my journey um, to Christ. And, you know, I think that during that one time where I was kind of going to church and I just wasn't ready to accept Christ, I think the real reason was I really didn't feel like I was good enough right? Like I knew, I knew the dirt that was on me. I knew the dirt that I did. I knew the sinful things that I did. I knew the partying that I did. I knew, um, you know, the ridiculous relationships, if you want to call it that, that I had. I knew that I lived in sin and I felt that. I felt dirty. I felt that. Um, and I could cover it up however I wanted to, but I think that the enemy played on that. And that is really the real reason why I couldn't accept him at that time. It wasn't that he didn't accept me. It was that I didn't accept him, that I was ashamed and, and guilt ridden because of what I was doing, you know? And so if any of you out there are listening and if you are at that journey point in your life where you know that God is calling you or you feel this shift in your life, I just want to say to you, and, and if that's holding you back where you're like, I'm not ready or I'm not good enough or, you know, God loves you 
And you don't have to be ready to really change. If you accept Christ, he will put it, he will change you. You know, he will change you. Once you submit to him, he will change you. I could say this, you know, I used to love, like love a good glass of wine or, um, you know, going to the parties and, you know, just doing things. And it's so funny. All that desire was totally taken away from me. It was totally taken away from me. Um, you know, do I think it's sinful to have a glass of wine? No. Um, but is it something that I do? No, not really. I don't. Um, I may have a glass of wine here and there. And to be honest, I never feel good afterwards. <laughs> so I don't know if it was the years of it, but I think that God just takes that desire away from you. Um, so, but I guess what I'm saying is, you know, you don't have to feel that you're not good enough for God. Listen, we're not, right? But that's why Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He took that, you know, you don't forget that God loves you regardless, right? No matter what you've done, nothing is that bad that you can't receive the Lord's forgiveness and that he can't change your life. And that, you know, your encounter with him is something that will change your life. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I really appreciate you listening and being able to share um, my testimony and my faith walk, because I think it's so important that we share and be vulnerable and transparent and um, talk about the messy parts of our life, especially those parts that we're not, you know, that proud of because somebody else is going through it, right? Somebody else right now may be out there listening and you may be really close to thinking like, I need to change my life. I need, I need peace. I need the freedom that comes not through the world, but, you know, the real freedom that comes through Christ, and I'm just here to tell you that, you know, it can come. Um, don't be fooled by the world's false um, portrayal of what freedom is because it's not. It's not that. True freedom comes within Christ. So I hope you have a wonderful weekend. And as always, thank you for listening. And we will talk soon.